It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. It is November 9th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And thank you to patrons such as Terry and Teresa, Mary, Theodore, Elizabeth, Sarah, Kathleen, Phil, Matt, Jason, and Marlene. I appreciate the support. Couldn't do the show without you guys. So the big news today, obviously, is potential vaccine for COVID-19. Pfizer, as well as BioNTech SE, announced their mRNA-based vaccine candidate with a name that's just letters and numbers. The first set of results, according to the press release from Pfizer, uh, this comes from their Phase 3 COVID-19 vaccine trial. It provides the initial evidence of our vaccine's ability to prevent COVID-19, said Dr. Albert Borla, who is the Pfizer chairman and CEO. He said, quote, We are reaching this critical milestone in our vaccine development program at a time when the world needs it most with infection rates setting new records, hospitals nearing over capacity and economies struggling to reopen. With today's news, we are a significant step closer to providing people around the world with a much needed breakthrough to help bring an end to this global health crisis. Uh, according to the press release, it is a two-dose schedule. So you, you do one and then you get another, like, a booster, I guess, um, or part two in a couple days afterwards. The phase three clinical trial began on July 27th. It has enrolled more than 43,000 participants to date, uh, about 39,000 of whom have received a second dose of the vaccine candidate as of November 8th. Approximately 42% of global participants and 30% of U.S. participants have racially and ethnically diverse backgrounds. The trial is continuing to enroll and it's expected to continue through the final analysis when a total of 164 confirmed COVID-19 cases have accrued. And the press release goes on to conclude that the study also will evaluate the potential for the vaccine candidate to provide protection against COVID in those who have had prior exposure to it, as well as vaccine prevention against severe COVID cases. And uh, based on current projections, they say they expect to produce globally up to 50 million vaccine doses this year and up to 1.3 billion doses in 2021. So good news. Really good news uh, that maybe we we get a vaccine here and uh, life can return to a somewhat normal uh, bearing. I I don't know what to make of it. I do find the timing uh, to be uh, pretty advantageous to Joe Biden, not so advantageous to Donald Trump, who was promising that there would be a vaccine. And as soon as Uh, He loses the election, apparently, then, oh, look at that. Hey, the vaccine, I think we're good to go on this. Do you think that might have helped him before the election? I think it probably would have. Um, So we're going to get into, by the way, we're going to get into some of the, uh, the mistrust of the election system. 
And uh, some of it is, I think, exaggerated, and some of it is completely well-founded. I'm going to talk with Jason Sane. He is a North Carolina state representative in mere moments. But first, uh, let me tell you about general equipment rental. All right, General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, uh, it is your one-stop source for all things uh, construction, yard equipment. Uh, the winter is coming, and so that means snow, maybe looking at a snowblower of some kind, air tools, compressors, scaffolding. If you're looking for power equipment, earth movers, yard equipment, everything, basically, everything, they've got it all at General Equipment Rental. And uh, they're going to show you how it works. They're going to show you how to use the tool. When you have the right tool, you can basically do any job. And so you go on over there, you get their, uh, you get their equipment, you bring it back to your place, you do the work, and goes really smoothly. It really is amazing when you have the right tool and you have somebody who knows how to use the tool that teaches you before you take it home. So whatever the project, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. Okay, go to generalrents.com and uh, get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. Learn about commercial fleet discounts as well. Uh, whatever the project, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. They're also your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. They also do equipment service and repair as well. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com. Think outside your toolbox. Joining me now is State Representative Jason Sane. He is uh, the representative from House District 97 in Lincoln County. He has served on the uh, House Election Committee and Redistricting Committee. So welcome back to the show, uh, Representative Sane. How are you? Pete, great to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for making time. So I saw you had a piece in the Washington Times talking about uh, the Board of Elections and how long this is taking. I've been talking about this in a couple different podcasts uh, over the last few days, uh, because on the one hand, I kind of understand that, you know, you need some time after Election Day itself to count ballots that come in. And right the nine days after the Election Day, that period, right, that was generally for the military ballots to arrive from overseas. So I don't I don't necessarily have an objection to the time period. But am I wrong on that? Should this be done faster? Well, I think, you know, folks do expect a little bit quicker results. And, and more than that, uh, when a board of elections just kind of makes up their own rules, uh, ignoring really the legislative process. Uh, but then they take, you know, we go to court and, and we lose there. But shocker, when, we, when we've got you know, a, a liberal judiciary that's going to side with that board of elections uh, and a board of elections that's, you know, by and large controlled by, by Governor Cooper, uh, you know, Part of that process means that we ignore that process that what would normally be the process so there's already mistrust um and and so you know having results quicker as we as we've said over the last several days you know by our television or listening to the radio uh trying to figure out what's next what does it look like uh particularly after we've had you know so much uh given to us in north carolina over the years about voter fraud and and ballot harvesting and so forth uh, it's it's an interesting turn of events that that here we are in nine days that we're waiting and 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 you know we want to make sure that things are out in the open and and seen that there's transparency that we uh, are able to to see all that out in the open when when a board of elections that's largely partisan uh, you know makes their own rules it, it just it builds in distrust so anything that they do is it's is going to be questioned should be questioned uh, and it and it's 
and we need more spotlight on, on what's happening. So the, the piece you wrote for uh, the Washington Times, this op-ed is titled North Carolina's Board of Elections Endangered Voters' Voices. Uh, so let me play devil's advocate here. Uh, I think people on the left would say you're just trying to sow chaos in order to help Donald Trump. Is that the case? So, you know, isn't that interesting that they would say that it's absolutely not the case. Um, and the fact that, that, you know, just as I spoke about before, that the fact that they ignored the legislative process on something, that, by the way, the rules that we had set forth uh, were by and large bipartisan in nature. We had overwhelming support from Democrats and Republicans. So the elected officials who who were you know, sent to Raleigh to make these rules, to to create our laws, pretty much all agreed. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the left wants to say, well, you know, it's just you know, saying, you know, want to sow more chaos into what obviously is already a, a very chaotic event. Uh, you know, that's that's not on me. That's that's on them. Uh, that that happened uh, despite the legislative process. Right. For, and so I guess we should probably backtrack a little in case folks are not aware of how we got to this point. Right. The uh, the Board of Elections was named as a defendant along with um, the General Assembly uh, Board of Elections made up of five members, three Democrats, two Republicans, the board uh, the General Assembly, majority Republican. Uh, they were listed as the defendants in a lawsuit that was filed by a, a group that was affiliated with the AFL-CIO, uh, and they're represented by Mark Elias, this Democrat super lawyer guy, who I think he's up to, is it 700 lawsuits he's filed against the state by this point? I, I think it's that's pretty close. It's an estimate. I'm, I'm sure it's up there, but yeah. who's counting? <laughs> who's counting at this point? It's been a long uh, decade. Anyway, so he, uh, and he has represented, he represented Dan McCready in that ballot harvesting recount and everything down in District 9 in the congressional race down there that they had to uh, redo. He represented Governor Cooper, uh, in his recount in 2016 as well. So they then entered into this agreement with not the General Assembly, but the Board of Elections. Uh, and they they entered this consent agreement where they undid state law, which even and, and honestly, I don't necessarily have a problem with harmonizing the civilian absentee ballot window with the military absentee ballot window. I don't necessarily object to that just automatically. I don't reflexively oppose it. I do object to them doing it outside of a legislative process because it seems pretty clear that's where that was supposed to occur. No, that's correct. I mean, it's I mean, and, and, you know, my colleagues on the other side who we get to fight with regularly and disagree with regularly actually agreed with us. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's this third party group coming uh, you know, from the outside with, as you describe it, their super lawyer. I, I don't know if that's a compliment or a <laughs> criticism, but nevertheless, if you're a super lawyer, um, you know, with all the intent to, you know, disrupt, to um, uh, elongate and to confuse the process, uh, I mean, that was the whole intent. I mean, it, it's it's not about that, that some citizen in North Carolina was wrong by both Republicans and Democrats agreeing. I mean, that's a, that's a really odd play here that, um, you know, it, it, it's just more of, of, of politics and, 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 and the semantics and the antics of, of, of the far left and, and, and trying to control the process. That, that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, you write in your piece, which I, I found to be a, just a general truism, that the fewer safeguards we have in the system, the more misconduct we'll see in the election. And uh, it's one of the things that, uh, like, 
I, I'm hammering away over the last 48 hours at this idea, and I actually was just, I, I took on some lefty on Twitter over this very point, um, which is this idea that all of the, uh, the, the proposals and legislation that Republicans introduce to, in an attempt to protect the integrity of the election system, that that is all designed to suppress voter turnout. And at the heart of that argument is that, well, either, you know, racist, sexist, homophobe, bigot, whatever. But the I, I think really at the heart of it is that Democrats have alleged for years, 20 years now, that increased turnout benefits them, which is why Republicans try to decrease turnout, suppress turnout. But we saw we saw record turnout in in this election. And Republicans won. So that I would I would expect this argument now to be, you know, taken out back behind the barn and shot <laughs> because <laughs> it, it, it obviously doesn't hold true. It's obviously not true. And so any kind of voter integrity or election integrity measure is not automatically should not automatically be viewed as designed to suppress. Um, and. I, I'm kind of still in shock. Have you gotten any word from any of your colleagues that the rules that everybody put in place, your Democratic colleagues helped you put in place to protect the election, were undone by this agreement and by their own party's lawyer? Well, interestingly enough, we haven't heard that outrage, right? I mean, from the other side, they're, they're just kind of, you know, it um, just kind of passed through after the after the, after the uh, case. And after the ruling, and I don't hear them kicking and screaming on the other side. But what I also don't hear them kicking and screaming about is how Republicans in the state house, running by you know by large on the on the uh, reconstituted districts that the Democrats said they wanted, uh, then go back and increase our majorities. Right. You know, <laughs> all's not said and done, but now now we're at sixty nine. So there's a so is it is it that we're so bad and that the the general electorate electorate doesn't agree with us or is it or is there something deeper going on in the state of north carolina and and like we often say it's sue until you're blue because they they know they've got a fundamental problem with connecting with voters so we we, we've got this massive turnout um and you know i I think we could at least make the case uh again given their rules uh and then given their districts that that they want to say they are from the court case Mm -hmm. but 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 here we are with seeing, uh, you know, gains. Not you know, everyone said, well, you know, the Republicans are are they're going to lose the House, they're going to lose the Senate, and we added two. Uh, but but you know, I'm sure I'm sure that narrative will change for them on the other side. That they'll find some new way that we cheated under the rules that they created. Um, it, it, it just it flies in the face of, of common sense, and voters know that. Uh, and you know, and it's great to see the participation. And, and let's again back to the suppression. Who, who was suppressed? I mean, when you <laughs> when you extend it for so long, we give you every chance in the world to come vote. Uh, and then apparently now, even after the voting's over, you still get to come vote, um, potentially. Uh, that That is what's, you know, I think that is what probably, when I stood at the polls, uh, as, as folks would come in during that early voting process, and, and uh, you know, one, in my district, people are still upset that the photo ID is not required when you yeah. walk up to the, to vote. Uh, they don't understand that. They did it in the States. A lot of my folks in my district come from somewhere else. Well, we did it, you know, and named the state. Why don't we do it here in North Carolina? And you have to go through and explain to them how, you know, uh, a, a judge in Asheville decided that, you know, even though we passed the constitutional amendment by, by the vote of the people, that that's not really constitutional, which again, I'm not a lawyer and, and certainly not a super lawyer, but 
Uh, that takes a, a real leap to try to figure out how that really, you know, how you can uh, make those two work in, in your mind. I mean, it's, it's really like 1984 again, right? So, but, but given that, I mean, it, with, with all the transparency that we've tried to put in place and everything else, um, how, how is it now all of a sudden that, that the, the, the left's message, the, the Darren Jackson uh, uh, folks in the, in the North Carolina House and their great messaging platform have some somehow come up short. I mean, remember, it was just two short years ago that uh, clearly they were in touch, according to them, uh, in touch with the voters in North Carolina and the blue wave. And uh, here it comes. And, you know, there's it's we're just going to keep building on this momentum. And it, it, to me, it looks like the, you know, the blue wave you know, just basically got reversed. More with State Representative Jason Sane in a moment. First, Old Grouch's Military Surplus is your one-stop shop for all of your cold-weather gear if you're a hunter, if you work outside, or maybe you just like long walks in the woods in wintertime. Uh, I'm not judging, but I do say you're going to need some uh, clothing like military grade thermal underwear, military field jackets, wool sweaters, wool and fleece toboggans, wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets. Old Grouches has everything that you need for the wintertime. And you're going to find this stuff a lot cheaper than you're going to find it at most outdoor stores. Also, Old Grouches can help you uh, set up an emergency kit for your car. So you're going to be prepared. God forbid anything happens on an icy road in the middle of the night. You're going to have a folding shovel. Uh, these are real military ones, not the Chinese made junk. Uh, also, you know, warm clothing, blankets, that space blanket thing the the looks like tinfoil and uh, emergency rations that can be left in the car. So they're not going to be uh, spoiled by heat or cold. Uh, you can also put it all into an ammo can, which, by the way, it's a great storage device. If you're looking for uh, something, to, you know, put a bunch of uh, tools in or obviously ammo or guns you can they you, they have all sorts of sizes at old grouch's military surplus it's a great idea for christmas too by the way some ammo cans for storage real u.s military surplus for more than three decades at old grouch's military surplus on main street in downtown clyde shop is open monday through saturday and across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and 24 7 at oldgrouch.com all right. State Representative Jason Sane joins us and we're talking about the election and uh, when it comes to Democrats and their inability to uh, win more seats in the state General Assembly. I think the low hanging fruit, the districts that were the most vulnerable, they already picked those off in 2018. And mm -hmm. now you're actually having to run good candidates with messages that appeal to a larger audience. And they're struggling to do that. And so I like even now I see people with this ridiculous argument that that. It's gerrymandering that the reason why Republicans did so well is because of gerrymandering. Like they swept the judicial races. Those were statewide races. They took six of or you took six of the 10 Council of State races. The only ones that won were the incumbent Democrats. They, they maintained their positions. Um, all of the new right. All the new Democrat candidates, they all lost. Um and you got, you know, Tom Tillis, you got Donald Trump. So, like, I, I'm not understanding this argument that gerrymandering is the excuse or the reason why Democrats failed to flip the Senate or the House uh, or perform better, for that matter. They actually lost seats in the in your in the House. Right. No, that's exactly right. I'm, and I'm, I'm one of two uh, what would arguably be called uh, two of the most constitutional districts in the state. I mean, it's a whole county. And if you look at the criteria that's that set out uh, in our Constitution and, and, and how we draw districts, I have a whole county. I, my population in, in my district 
it, it works out to the exact math, or at least mm. it did when, when the last time it was drawn. Um, you know, so it's not gerrymandered by the definition, and I get almost 75% of the vote. Um, are you suppressing? Are you suppressing the other 25 percent? You know, yeah. we allowed them to come out and vote against me. That's the that's the interesting thing. Right. They just don't have the numbers. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there was no suppression here. Um, you know, unless they just avoided me when when I was at the polling precinct. Entirely possible. Right. Entirely yeah, possible. Could be, could be. Um, so you tell this story in your Washington Times piece. You say a friend told you about her daughter's experience. So the first thing I need to ask, is this like a New York Times unnamed source with direct knowledge of the president's thinking type of a source? Is it that kind of a no, source? No, it's not that at all. And it's, it's I'm not naming names. However, um, no, it's a, a friend who's very credible. Uh, who uh, is from another state whose daughter lives here. And uh, so she she gave me a call, and uh, at first she sent me an email, then she called me uh, to tell me about it. She said, is, is this really how you how you guys are running the election in your state? Because this is a real problem. I said, ah, well, you know, tell me more. And, of course, dove into it. Uh, but 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 the people the people who will remain unnamed in the article uh, are real people. And, and so... You know, and it's and it is anecdotal. I mean, it's one instance, but it does demonstrate the the, the ability uh, for for you know fraudulent activity to happen. Um, and it and it's just as I laid out in in the in the piece that you know they go to vote and then find out that hey somebody's voted in their place. Uh, and and well, are we shocked when you can't prove you are who you say you are? You know, in a, in a world of two-factor authentication right. when 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 facebook and twitter and amazon certainly know who i am uh as they suggest for me to buy more interesting things of things <laughs> that i buy on amazon when i'm on facebook i'm pretty sure they know me uh but somehow we lack the technology in our voting system uh to not know who's who's showing up to vote that that's that really lies at the, the heart of the problem because if it, it you know Photo ID, that's fine, but there are multiple ways, multiple authentication, like I'm talking about. There are multiple ways to authenticate who a person is, but but unfortunately, we've got an you know an archaic system, even with the the, the nuances and the and the and the uh, additional rules and regulations that have been placed, and uh, making sure that we don't suppress people when they come to vote. It's odd to me that we can't tell who people are when they come to the voting booth. Uh, it's absolutely insane. My, I mean, my car knows who I am. Uh, why can't my 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 uh, uh, polling place know who I am? Yeah. Well, it go, it goes to this. Um, it goes to the well, the truism that you wrote in your piece: the fewer safeguards we have in, in the system, uh, the more misconduct we'll see in the election. And any kind of rule is going to, by definition, limit something, right? Otherwise, if you don't have any rules, anything goes. So as soon as you put a single rule in place, you are now limiting. So, for example, residency, right? Our whole system is built on where we live. So you got to go to your precinct. Your precinct is part of a district. That district is part of a county and a state and a, and a country. So that is, in and of itself, a suppression type of uh, of rule. It's a restriction because I'm not allowed to go vote wherever I want to go vote. And uh, that so like, why wouldn't that be seen in the same way as any other kind of rule? Now, I understand there's a balancing act that has to occur, but it seems to me like we go so far to accommodate 
the lazy and uninterested voter at the expense of all of us who actually do care. The 75% that turned out, we're now all waiting and, you know, we we have to wait for what the person who was like, oh, you know what, I... I totally requested that ballot and I didn't send it in. Maybe I'll send it in like at, you know, seven o'clock here. I guess not seven o'clock, but, you know, noon on Election Day. And they just get it out the door on Election Day. So now everybody has to wait to make sure to accommodate them. And uh, like, I find that to be, I don't know. I find it to be, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, not considerate. It, you know, it's inconsiderate. It, well, well, it's inexcusable, really. I mean, I, I, although I, I, you know, maybe there is a solution. Maybe if we just had a, a few more television commercials, a few more radio mm. ads, uh, a few more door knocks, a, yeah. a few more phone calls. Maybe people would then know, hey, it's time to vote. There really I, wasn't any I, kind of advertising for the election now that you mentioned it. I didn't even know what happened. Right. I mean, I, look, if we could just add two more hours to the day, <laughs> I, I think we could solve this problem. I mean, it's, it is. It's asinine. And, and most you know reasonable people know that it's it's just asinine that, that people somehow, some way, uh, don't know how to go vote. Uh, if you're an interested party, and look, there's there's people who don't want to participate in elections, and 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 by God, that's also your right. You don't have to be a part of the election. We don't force you to go vote, but you know, at some point in time, there has to be a time limit. Otherwise, I mean, look, I don't watch a lot of soccer. Here's what I do know: those games go on forever, but there's still a time limit. Right? <laughs> at some point, you call the game, and it's over. Uh, I mean, that's and there's rules and regulations in this chaos. Right. So mm-hmm. and that's that's really I think I think most people understand that a reasonable set of rules uh, that 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 appeals to your our, our ideal of fairness, that everyone gets a chance to, to be heard, that they get their voice is their is their vote. And they, they get to cast that in a reasonable time frame. Uh, and I wait till the, the day of the election. Mm-hmm. I'm on the ballot, and I still don't early vote most times. I, I've done it different ways, but my preference is to do it on the day of. Uh, and my wife's the same way. She, I, I, I can't get her to go early vote. And, 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 and truth be told, uh, I, I'll say this on air, honey, you're right. I, I kind of <laughs> like it better when, when I do it on the day of, too. So, uh, and, you, know, you know what we call that? Radio. You know what we call that in the calendar household is a deposit in the relationship bank. That's what you just did there. <laughs> State Representative Jason Sane is with me. Now, uh, speaking of deposits, you will not need to put any deposit down, no money down on a mattress at Mattress Man. Did you know that? It's true. Their triple zero deal going on right now. So that means zero down, zero APR for 24 months and zero payments for 90 days. And if you served... If you have served or you are a military family, ask about the military discount, okay, at Mattress Man. They've got mattresses in stock. A lot of the big guys can't even get inventory for like six to eight weeks. Um, they have a bed-in-a-box mattress right now also. Starts at $189, $189. Think about this if you got family coming in for the holidays because they don't want to do the whole uh, hotel thing. You know, they don't want to stay in a hotel and pick up the COVID and everything. Um, get them a bed in a box mattress for 189 they got you covered at mattress man uh go on in talk to any of their sleep consultants uh these are folks that go through extensive and intensive training for weeks 
and six weeks. Uh, so they know all about how people sleep and what kinds of mattresses, first off, how they're built, but also what kinds of mattresses are best for how you sleep. If you're a side sleeper or a back sleeper or a stomach sleeper, different mattresses have different pros and cons, and they can go over all of that with you. Uh, you can check out all their inventory at mattressmanstores.com. They ship nationwide. They have five-star local delivery service and a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference. It is at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. There's a story that kind of relates to the, your friend's story out of Greensboro that uh, you, I'm sure you heard about this. The, uh, down in Wayne County, there was a candidate running for North Carolina Senate, uh, retired Colonel Donna Lake. And her ballot from 2008 was cast at the Wayne County Public Library uh, in uh, Goldsboro, right, North Car- in Goldsboro, North Carolina. But meanwhile, up in Suffolk County, New York, the county I was born in, uh, somebody else voted in her name. And there was a quote when the News and Observer, somebody tipped the News and Observer about this. Oh, she voted in two different places. Now, I believe her when she says that she didn't vote in both places. They have records of her being somewhere else uh, in North Carolina at the time. But there was a quote that goes to this very point from New York State Board of Elections spokesman John Conklin. He said New York had no way of knowing that Donna Lake had already cast a ballot in the general election. She said, or he said, if you vote in one state, the other state has no idea of that. Um, And he says, I think people should understand it's very much largely an honor system. And most people are honest and they don't do that. Does that give you confidence? None whatsoever. (laughs) You know, and, and if that's the case. Why don't why don't why don't, why don't we have highway patrolmen patrolling you know I eighty five and 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 I forty? Um, let's just use the honor system. Yeah, of course I was going sixty miles an hour. No, give me a break. That's not how it works. And and look the the, the any time when the prize is is so great and and the prize this time really uh, is redistricting for the for the next um, you know decade. Yeah, uh, at least from from a standpoint of a of a, of a North Carolina House and North Carolina Senate race. Um, you know there, there's there, there are reasons that, that people out there will want to cheat. Uh, so you do have to, you know, you can't just do it through just self-governing and going, oh, well, we've got the honor system. Uh, you do have to have some rules in place. And, and the fact that, that we can't have systems that communicate and verify, uh, you know, I, I think you just have to call BS because uh, we, we, we do that with, with, I know if I get a ticket in another state, my my insurance company sure finds out about right. it somehow, some way. Uh, are, are you kidding me? We don't know that somebody votes in another state and that, that we're just relying on an honor system. That's that's not the way it works, and that's not the way of the world. Or it shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, Jason Sane, House District ninety seven. By the way, congratulations on your reelection. Um, Thank you, sir. Yeah, and you're seventy five percent of the uh, of the vote. Um, that's impressive. Did it? Did I'm, you even wonder have... what's wrong with the other twenty five percent? What was going on? I'll never be satisfied. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you making time for us. Thanks so much. And um, any, I should have asked you before. Is there anything else you want to add to this that you think is important or interesting to note that I did not ask you? No, I. You know, I just I'll just say this. I, I, if folks get a chance to, to read that article, uh, that that opinion piece that I wrote on, on the Washington Times. Uh, it's on the website there. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Jason Sane ninety seven uh, on Twitter, and it, there's links there if you if you look. But uh, yeah, check it out because it, it it's real. It happened, and we know of other instances as you and I just talked about. Uh, and, and look, and, and stay tuned because. 
who knows? There's a lot more drama to come, I'm sure, in this election process. And we'll we'll all you know pop your popcorn and, and watch what happens. But I, I'll make no more predictions past that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it but it's interesting. I, I appreciate the, uh, the the conversations you've had on it. I heard the uh, conversation that uh, you and John Hood had the other day. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty fascinating. And I've, I've been sharing that link with, with folks who had questions about how could this happen in an election and, you know, more people vote for Trump and Roy Cooper. And uh, yeah, there's elections are fascinating. So uh, if, if you like this kind of stuff and, and you like watching it, I don't know that it gives uh, the, the average voter a lot of faith in, in, in what's going on right now. But uh, for, for the hacks like you and me, it, it mm-hmm. does make for some interesting conversations it's our super bowl it really is it's it is. <laughs> the real winners in this election i said it the other day the lawyers and the media that's really who uh-huh. won <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> right uh well jason saying thanks so much for your time sir i appreciate it Pete, thank you take care all right along these lines i came across a white paper that was done back in august by john lott with the Crime Prevention Research Center, and the headline or the title of the paper is called Why Do Most Countries Ban Mail-In Ballots? They have seen massive vote fraud problems. There's the answer. So did you know that most countries even ban them? Like absentee ballots for people living even inside their own countries. Most developed countries ban absentee ballots unless the citizen is living abroad or they require photo IDs just to get the ballots. Even higher percentages of European Union or other European countries ban absentee for in-country voters outright, so so not even uh, with an ID. In addition, some countries that allow voting by mail for citizens living in the country, they don't allow it for everybody. For example, Japan and Poland They have limited mail-in voting to those who have special certificates that verify that they are disabled. France made an exception this year to its ban on absentee ballots uh, made to those who are sick or at particular risk during the coronavirus pandemic. See, so even then, their exemption was very limited. Poland and two cities in Russia have adopted mail-in ballots for elections this year only. However, most countries have not changed their regulation. In fact, you go to France and uh, they banned absentee voting back in 1975. Do you know why? Because there was massive fraud in Corsica where postal ballots were stolen or bought and voters cast multiple votes. Mail-in ballots were used to cast the votes of dead people. So, yeah, this is why people who are uh, uh, proponents of election integrity, this is the problem that they have with absentee ballots. In fact, uh, North Carolina has some experience with this, and I'm not even talking about the most recent experience, right? Virtually everybody knows about the 2018 ballot harvesting in Bladen County, McCray, Dallas, right um, down there for the Republican candidate, Reverend Mark Harris. And he beat Dan McCready in the congressional race. Um, let me go to Andy Jackson's piece here at Civitas, uh, nccivitas.org. He says most folks in North Carolina are familiar with the ballot harvesting operation. Uh, so far, nobody has been prosecuted for that election fraud. In addition, former North Carolina State Board of Elections Executive Director Gary Bartlett noted that he had sent more than half Half a dozen reports of organized absentee ballot fraud operations to prosecutors, none of which went to trial. 
Such official indifference to election fraud has allowed the problem to fester, says Jackson. Okay, so everybody probably is aware of this story, right? If you listen to this show, you definitely are aware of that story. But did you know that there were three others? Like recently, three others? How about this one? Swain County, 2006. County Commissioner Glenn Jones and several political associates allegedly ran a ballot harvesting operation during the 2006 election for Swain County Commission. They illegally took possession of voters' absentee ballots, mailing at least some of them in batches in the Bryson City Post Office. This was testified to by a postal worker. One resident said that her vote had been coerced. And this commissioner also targeted an assisted living facility to harvest ballots, including one from um, a resident who later said they didn't even remember voting. Over 120 ballots were affected by that scheme. So that's 2006. About 2010, Yancey County. Sheriff's office workers rounding up illegal votes. It's not unusual, really, that, you know, people who are still serving their felony sentence illegally voted in Yancey County in 2010. An NC uh, Board of Elections, the State Board of Elections audit of the 2016 election found that 441 open cases of voting by suspected active felons. So that's not really terribly surprising when you find 400 plus people it's not surprising you're going to have some in in yancey county but things start getting weird when you find out that employees of the yancey county sheriff's office were involved in witnessing the ballots of convicted criminals in an election in which their boss was trying to get reelected, raising the question of whether those who voted wanted to vote or were being pressured to do so This is part of the problem with these grand ideas of, oh, let's get everybody in the jails to vote. Okay, so the sheriff who runs the jails, do you think there may be an incentive there to make sure that the prisoners are voting in a certain way? I mean, I can see that being the case. The Yancey County News uh, also found how sheriff's office employees were illegally handling absentee ballots as well. So that was 2010. Uh, Then a little bit later, 2013. As was the case in Bladen County in 2018, there was a 2013 election in the town of Pembroke in Robeson County. It featured an arms race of election fraud with both incumbent Alan Dial and challenger Teresa Locklear being accused of election fraud in their nonpartisan city council race. This one involved both candidates allegedly hauling in ineligible voters and taking advantage of same-day registration to add some of those ineligible voters to the voter registration rolls. So, yes, it does happen. Vote fraud does happen, and it is a lot easier to do with absentee ballots. And by the way, this was the argument being made by Democrats. When Republicans were trying to implement election integrity measures like voter ID, Democrats made this very argument. I'm, I'm old enough to remember. I'm also old enough to remember when CBD was decriminalized in North Carolina. And now a lot of people are using it, myself included. I take it before I go to bed and I sleep more deeply now than I ever have before. Add the natural alternative growers hemp full spectrum hemp extract to your daily routine. 
I did. And when I wake up, I don't have any kind of grogginess or anything. I, like I said, I, I sleep more deeply. That, and that is new for me. My entire life, uh, I have never been a sound sleeper. I wake up to uh, like any little noise. People think I'm crazy like this, but I do. I, I wake up all the time. <laughs> I toss and I turn. And um, when I take the CBD oil, that doesn't happen anymore. I take a couple drops before I go to bed. They also have balms. Uh, they have uh, lozenges. And here's the deal. These are farmers. Growers Hemp started by farmers in North Carolina, um, and they control the whole process. They got farmers with them, sort of like a co-op model, and they all enjoy in that success, meanwhile helping us on our wellness journey. So what are you looking for? Better quality of life? Immune system resilience, deeper sleep, lower tension, a balanced state of mind, positive mental outlook, growershemp.com. Go to growershemp.com, use the promo code PETE for 20% off. From North Carolina farmers to your home, Growers Hemp, it is about the hemp, not the hype. And as with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Um, next up here, there's a... Uh, piece called The Trailer, or it's a column, it's a regular segment or a newsletter that's put out by the Washington Post's Dave Weigel. Uh, and uh, just bear with me for a minute here, okay, because this is, I think, pretty um, pretty important, but it also confirms for you something that I've been saying. Basically, this is verification that I'm, I'm not completely uh, off my rocker when I say stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, there's a there's a very lengthy piece at the trailer, Washington Post, um, called Democrats won the White House and lost a myth about turnout. I have been saying this now since the election in, Nor in North Carolina, that so many of the arguments that Democrats in the media, but I repeat myself, uh, that they make at the heart of these arguments is a fundamental assumption. There's a premise there that. Increased voter turnout means Democrats win. And so anytime Republicans come along and say, hey, we want voter ID, they say you're trying to suppress the vote. And then they throw in the, you know, you're racist on top of it. You're trying to suppress votes among black people. And so that's why you want voter ID. I mean, never mind the fact that voter ID was passed by voters in a referendum. Right. Put to the voters. A majority passed it. They put it into the Constitution. Republicans have been trying to do this and Democrats keep fighting them. And the argument is always that Republicans want to suppress the vote. And what we learned in this last election in North Carolina, we had 75 percent turnout. And when we had 75 percent turnout, Republicans actually won most of the statewide seats, like virtually all of them. They, there were incumbents that they were not able to knock off, but all of the open seats, you, I mean, obviously you got president, you got U.S. Senate, you got the judicial races, they swept all of those. Um, the Council of State races, they took six of the 10 seats. The only four that remained in Democrat control were those that were run by uh, or already occupied by incumbents. Um, and... Uh, that, and that's about it. Democrats did not do much. They lost seats in the House. They only picked up a single Senate seat. So they did not take control of either chamber of the legislature, despite hundreds of millions of dollars being pumped into this state by outside groups. So 
America's cities erupted into celebrations over the weekend, right? And this is according to Dave Weigel. Uh, these celebrations, quote, looked less like reactions to an election, uh, than, uh, election win than like liberation from an occupying army. Liberals knew it in their bones. There were more of them than there were of the MAGA movement. If they turned out their voters, they'd win. And they weren't wrong. But when the final votes are counted, a defeated President Trump will have shattered a theory that animated Democratic politics, especially on the left, for decades. The highest turnout since 1908 led to record support for both major parties. Joe Biden found nine million more votes than Hillary Clinton had four years ago, and Trump found at least seven million more votes than he did in 2016. The new Republican turnout smashed Democrats' ambitions and curtailed their power down the ballot, and they did not see it coming. Um, I saw somebody make the observation over the weekend that only Trump could beat Clinton. It took Trump to beat Hillary Clinton. And basically only Joe Biden could have beaten Donald Trump. That that's, And I understand there are a lot of people who don't believe that uh, Trump lost at this point, and I'm not trying to disabuse you of that. All I'm going with right now is what appeared to be the numbers. Now, I am not saying that the Trump campaign or the Republican Party in every state that's being contested right now, they need to see it all the way through. Absolutely. File your court challenges. Take witness uh, you know, statements and affidavits for peop- uh, from people who have seen or know of fraud. Absolutely. I've got some suspicions about some of the data dumps that occurred, some of the, the, you know, all of these ballots that came in and these, quote, glitches and such. There are a lot of different states with a lot of different problems. And by the way, part of this is due to the fact that just like in North Carolina, we had Democrats suing in order to change rules in the middle of the election. Right. This was occurring in other states, too. They were rewriting their voting rules on the fly. And this is what you get. And this I said this before the election. I said, I suspect that what was going on prior to Election Day was simply tilling the field for the post-election day lawsuits. So that's the first thing. Okay, now Democrats won, or Joe Biden, I should say, seems to have won, seems to be on the path to having enough electoral college votes. Um, And if that holds true, then he is the next president. Uh, No, the media doesn't declare our president-elect. No, the media doesn't decide when someone should stop contesting. Uh, They, By the way, they they always take this course when it's a Republican who's contesting, right? They never take this course... When it's a Democrat who's contesting. I mean, to this day, they still celebrate Stacey Abrams. To this day, nobody condemns her uh, and her rhetoric for, you know, saying that her election was stolen. No, no, no. She's like, you know, a cult of personality. She's like a popular icon on the left for, uh, you know, for voter integrity or whatever that means on the left. Uh, So, you know, spare us all the hypocrisy. This is the other part of the uh, of this problem is that you got people who engaged in widespread deceit and lies for four years about Russian uh, hacking, stealing the election and giving it to Trump, among other things. Right. We don't believe you. So when you say, oh, we, we should trust the results. Pound sand, guys. Seriously, you are in no position to tell anybody on the right 
to accept election results. You guys haven't accepted election results of a presidential contest in my adult life. So shut up. Seriously, just shut up. We're going to go through the process and we're going to count the votes and we're going to have the investigations and we're going to uh, do the litigation. Now, that being said, there are a lot of people on the right who believe without any evidence that they are aware of, right? They just believe there's fraud because there's no way this could have happened. Now, I, I, I don't know what to say to people like that, because if you don't have any evidence and you, you don't have specific examples of something that is proven at this point. Now, I'm not saying allegations. I'm saying proven. And it's very early. But if you're making the assertion that it was hands down stolen, then and you don't have any evidence to support that, then I have to dismiss that as well. You sound just as crazy as the people who were screaming about Russian hackers giving it to Trump. So uh, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm a wait and see kind of guy. Like, let's see the evidence. Let's hear the case. I said the same thing, by the way, when they were accusing Donald Trump of being a Russian asset. I said, well, let's see the evidence. Let's hear it. Let's do the investigation. I want to know what they find, because if the president's compromised, I think we all should know that. Right. Oh, and it turns out he wasn't. and They were all lying about it. And then I think they should face repercussions for that. But that's one of the nice things about being you know, a Democrat is you get to say these god awful things about your opponents and nobody cares in the media. They just let you do it. They, and in fact, they celebrate you for it. Did I mention Stacey Abrams out of Georgia? Okay. Did I mention Rowena Patton here in Asheville? If you're buying or selling a house, then Rowena Patton is the person to call. Uh, I'm not selling a house. I am buying one, though. And my call, that's right, first went to Rowena Patton. And she's helping us buy our house. Here's her phone number. 333-4483. That's 333-4483. Her website is mountainhomehunt.com. If you're thinking about selling. And I know a lot of people actually are right now because they think Asheville has changed and they think Buncombe County is going that way soon. And so they're like, you know what? I'm getting out. And uh, this is the nice thing about being in a free society. You get to move to areas that are a little bit more aligned with your political ideology. And so if you're thinking about doing that, call Rowena. She'll get your house sold quickly and for more money. She outsells 99% of the realtors in the state of North Carolina. Her phone number is 333-4483. That's 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. So, Dave Weigel, writing at Washington Post, says that the election debunked a story that Democrats had told themselves for decades, that when more voters turn out, they win. He goes on to say the president launched his campaign hours after his 2017 inauguration, and the RNC committee minted money for three years telling anybody who would listen that it was trying to find new voters. Until the pandemic put a lid on the president's traditional rallies, the campaign would often tout how many people in the crowds had not voted in 2016 or had left the Democratic Party. Republicans happily dished about that strategy, inviting reporters to watch them organize and knock on doors, arguing correctly in most places that media polls did not pick up the new voters that they were finding. A lot of Democrats were skeptical because this contradicted both Republican resistance to laws that would make voting easier. There it is right there. See, so even after the turnout, he still does. Dave Weigel still doesn't believe it. Democrats were skeptical because they were believing their own lie, but also decades of Republican rhetoric about the electorate. Decades of this. Okay, like what? Liberals like to quote Moral Majority co-founder Paul Weyrich from 40 years ago, who said, 
our leverage in the elections, quite candidly, goes up as the voting populace goes down. Well, what does that mean? Right, it means that when there's lower turnout, we get to have more of an impact. That's the moral majority leader, which is one leg of the three-legged stool and so the Reagan coalition, right? The evangelicals. Absolutely, he's right. When Because if you can motivate your group while others are staying home, then you have more leverage. That doesn't mean that every single voter uh, rule or election rule, I should say, is designed to suppress Efforts in the 70s to make same-day registration available in every state were killed by conservatives who warned that uh, it would mean Republican euthanasia in the 1970s. So these are the examples they give. The examples of why everybody still believes this idea that high turnout equals Democratic wins. And the examples they gave are from the 70s and 80s, 40 years ago. That's the most... I was five... That's the most recent example. Um, Factions inside the Democratic Party have already begun fighting about what worked and what didn't. Left-wing Democrats who had resisted Biden's candidacy in the primaries rejected the blame that they're now getting from the moderates for talking about issues that Republicans could weaponize, like reducing police funding, replacing private health insurance with a comprehensive government plan, and rapid transition away from fossil fuels. Um, Like I said, this is a very lengthy piece. I'm just giving you the highlights. Um, And so the lefties, they're making two arguments here, that the moderates are just wrong, and number two, that Democrats simply need to work harder to combat conservative misinformation. It's not the left wing's fault. But Stephen Miller, writing at American Spectator, says Trump's loss and his behavior are going to overshadow what is one of the more catastrophic performances for the Democratic Party in modern history. Voters appear to have rejected Donald Trump the person. More importantly, they have rejected much of the Democratic platform as well. Uh, He goes on to point out that court packing and defunding the police and blowing up the filibuster, that all of these issues were basically willed into the national spotlight by Democratic activists. And it doesn't appear that those were winning issues after all. That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a positive review. I appreciate it. You can find links at thepetecalendarshow.com. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Oh,